This podcast is brought to you by The Province. The Province Sports Podcast. All right, yes, the return of the Try and Tackle Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 1st. Days away from the Las Vegas Sevens. Of course, Vancouver Sevens next week. I am Patrick Johnson here from the Province Sports. And uh, this week, joined by Matt Trinari. How you doing, Matt? Doing well, yeah. Thanks for having me. Did uh, did I get the name right there? That was one of the things I meant to ask you, of course, and forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Trinari. You got it. So, Matt, just, uh, you know, you're a uh, you're, you're guy I kind of discovered just recently through, I think, uh, I don't even remember who it was exactly. It might have been our old pal Curtis Reed at This Is American Rugby. But, uh, okay. you know, you're, you saw, saw some of your tweets. You're doing some interesting stuff with, uh, with Rugby 7's numbers. Uh, maybe just, yeah, just introduce yourself. Tell us what you're all about. Yeah, right. Um, so I used to coach, you know, I used to play sort of, um, you know, family happened and mm-hmm. still want to be involved in the game somehow. So uh, this is the best I can do uh, without, you know, actually being on a on a rugby field. So, um, And you're based in Michigan, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. In Michigan, uh, I used to coach at University of Michigan. Okay. I, I work at the University of Michigan. So. Okay. Right on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I think one of the first things that caught my eye was uh, a, a neat chart that you'd put together just looking at, uh, you know, things like kickoffs, that, that that there is there does appear to be a skill, for instance, that's not just about ability to, to retain your, your restarts, but actually receive them as well. Yeah, yeah, it sort of correlates both ways, um, receiving and and you know when when you're kicking and when you're receiving of course the one exception is south africa who just always kicks it deep even though i'm sure if they tried to try to win it back they could is there but, is uh, there a way yeah. i mean you like you said you're a coach i've been a coach you know i mean was this the kind of stuff that you found yourself thinking about uh you know when when you were coaching way back when or is this something that's sort of emerged more recently uh yeah i definitely thought about it uh way back when and um, you know, we're just so far behind so many other sports, um, you know, notably baseball. It's something that I've paid a lot of attention to. But, you know, and you see it uh, sort of in the NBA, that the revolution is happening. And, and we, you know, we need to catch up, you know, in 15s or 7s, either way. I, I find that so interesting. You know, I'm, I'm a numbers guy myself, obviously, you know, obviously with, with baseball for sure. And, and, you know, for me personally, hockey's always been you know, an interest in, you know, the, 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 they call them the, you know, the, the three dimensional games and, you know, there's width, there's space, um, and, or there's width, there's depth and, and, and acceleration involved. And, you know, both rugby and hockey, I think perhaps have some of the same challenges in terms of the dynamic nature of the play, but, but there's, there are clear sort of static situations like the restart that really seem to me to lend themselves really well to pretty straightforward, pretty easy to get to analysis like this. Right. Yeah. And that's where you should start, you know, and, uh, um, you know, set pieces, restarts, anywhere you can find a game state. And, and, you know, a lot of what I do is, is based on the order of events, you know, the sequences, uh, that things happen. And, um, and so, you know, in that I've sort of been hoping to find more, uh, I guess, granular game states, you know, whether it's by, you know, at the ruck or 
just at a contact situation, even before a ruck happens, things like that. You can sort of, based on where it is on the field and other factors, you can sort of, you know, put an expected point value on that and um, sort of go from there like you do in other sports. Have you, you know, you come across any kind of surprising results uh, already or? Um, yeah, that's sort of tough to, you know, just hone in on one. I mean, you know, this, the kickoffs is, is sort of an interesting one. And we sort of, um, uh, know, briefly touched on it in an email. Um, you know, just the fact that, uh, South Africa kicks it deep every time. And, um, whereas, you know, sort of the, the Vogue thing to do is, is try to win it back like the U S does. And, and France is really good at it. Um, but there's a lot of variance in, in that, uh, in winning your own kickoff back. And so, you know, U.S. sort of recently had a game where they went six for six against Canada. Yeah. And obviously won won the game, you know, but then other times they, they've gone blanks against other teams and, and sort of lost, you know, they lost to Russia a game they shouldn't, shouldn't have lost. You know, the U.S., um, you know, the U.S., I'm just sorry to cut you, but the U.S. and Canada are two teams, obviously, we, you know, we talk a lot about here on the Try and Tackle podcast. And I actually talked to John Moonlight this week about, you know, just the sort of idea of restarts. And, you know, he brought up, for instance, their game in Wellington against against Russia, where Russia couldn't do anything with the ball. But then the week later, they seemed to have fixed a few things and, and they were, you know, putting 30 points on teams and, and do, did a lot right. better. You know, I mean, it was, like you said, it's just such a, such a straightforward thing that you look at and you say, listen, if you can dominate one area of the game, it, it, it looks like there's a lot to it. But maybe there is a lot more nuance than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, I guess the point, you know, I was getting to with South Africa, you know, the, the variance is, is a big thing and South Africa knows what the restarts always going to look like. And so they, they don't let bad teams outluck them um, because they, they always know they're going deep and can play uh, well defensively. Whereas the U S they usually win, you know, they're, they're about 50% winning their own kickoffs, but game to game they can it can really swing uh i want to come back to luck because that's such an important word when we're looking at you know statistical analysis but just specifically since you brought up the u.s you know how much of their ability at restarts is about danny barrett uh i wouldn't say it's it's so much focused on one person you know i i I guess the name that would come to mind is is perry baker because um, you know, he can just jump so high, but mm. really their restarts based on finding matchups, you know, they can, they can go right. They can go left, they can go center and, and not every team can do that. Uh, that's, you know, certainly something that we've known for a long time with Canada. And I think their addition of Adam Zaruba, especially is sort of finding yeah. some confidence in his game the last couple, last season and a half, I'd say, I, you know, that, that is something that's really emerged because for a long time, the main guy really was John Moonlight and he's, been a been right. a good player for them but also you know inevitably was going to become a targeted player you know in terms of trying to match up their best receiver against him and 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 you know so we've seen a a change in how the canadians approach the restart is that something you've seen in your analysis uh yeah i mean i i think that uh i mean you just mentioned the ruba i mean the <laughs> thing that comes to mind with the rubas is, is you know this is a huge dude that that can make breaks and score from far away um, so sort of getting away from the kickoffs, but, um, yeah, I mean, they're strong in the kickoff and it's, but it, you know, back to that U S Canada game, it just shows, you mm-hmm. know, game to game, they could, you know, they could go over six and lose, lose the game. It's just, um, and, and when you're a good team, otherwise, you know, outside the the kickoff, you don't really want a bunch of fluctuation. 
and how the game goes. Uh, you really want it to go as expected. The question of luck is is always an important one to understand in in sport and you know in hockey luck's a huge thing especially with how results have been you know driven based on the the way they've structured their their point system um and of course baseball you know we talk a lot about you know things like batting average on balls in play and stuff like that how does luck play a role in in looking at the data in rugby sevens I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, you're obviously dealing with a short game. And, when you know, when it's something where where a team might get, you know, around around average, they're getting seven, eight possessions a game. But sometimes, you know, there's games where, where there are nine possessions in the game total. And so now you're, you know, now the luck that comes in is, you know, how did the half end? You know, who got five possessions? Who got four? And, I mean, it's just game to game that, you know, the next game you might end up with uh, 10, 12 possessions. It's just you know, little things like that, but you sort of see it. Um, it seems like some teams do better in, you know, how they end the half like that, just to scoop up maybe a, you know, an extra possession here or there every, you know, second or third game. And, and like a difference when you play a tournament. And like you said, you know, with how you, for instance, do on your, on your restarts. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's probably, you know, doing some regression on it, uh, looking at, um, who has more possessions and how that correlates to who has more tries. I mean, you're probably talking about 40% of the game just in that alone. Interesting. Interesting. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. You, you know, let's talk about the South Africans. I mean, you, you mentioned the fact that they, they basically don't bother competing for their own. They always go long. And that was something that I had noted last year, just looking purely at, you know, you can't. The, the statistical reports they hand out after every per, after every tournament. You know, it was always a clear outlier that they just they they right. re- retain none of their their kicks. They were different from everybody else. Right. Perhaps you know, I mean, I think some games perhaps Fiji, but for the most part, Fiji are trying to keep their own ball. And you know, it was just something that I kind of clued in on. And then you started looking at their willingness to sort of just aggressively. Uh, engaged in the tackle situation, not worrying necessarily about whether they were actually completing the tackle, that they were trying to force teams on to the back foot. Uh, right. You, you know, and that, that was, and then, you know, something that caught my eye in your email, you just talked about, listen, South Africa are making other teams, it's not even about trying to get the ball back, but they're making other teams work the entire length of the field. And, you know, instinctually, of course, in a game like sevens, the longer you have to go, the more you have to put in the harder it's going to be. And, and, you know, I mean, also the idea of turnovers. I mean, both South Africa and Fiji have always been teams that value turnovers more than anything, I, I think. And, and so you say, hey, listen, you make a turnover inside their half, it's a lot less distance to cover to get those tries. Is, is it really that simple? Uh, I mean, it is for them. They're making it look pretty easy. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just looking at from a, a meter's perspective, the you know, defensively, South Africa is forcing, you know, across all the games so far, their opponents have the most meters to cover because they, they are constantly receiving the ball deep in their half. And then, you know, tying in with their defense, South Africa's created the most contacts on defense. And it's sort of a weird thing, you know, you you want to look at like breaks or, or maybe like, you know, some sort of measure of defensive failure, like missed tackle, yada, yada. But um, just the fact that they are creating those contacts. They're not playing a passive defense. They're up in the face of the offense. 
And obviously, once they create those contacts, it's, it's going to lead to turnovers, too. And then they immediately score off the turnover. Yeah. It's just sort of, sort of silly how they're doing it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's such an interesting thing about, you know, is it, how much of it is it about skill? I mean, the, the players love it and coaches love talking about physical capacity. And I didn't really get what they were talking to about until I realized just how much work you think the South Africans are putting in, but to me, and more than anything, it's it's a, it's almost a question of efficiency. That they're saying, where do we want to do the work, and and if we can force you to play within a narrower or a, a shorter field, you know, that's actually right. in, on the on the in the grand scheme of things, less work. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, you know, and you sort of all of this it sort of comes back to you know what are they focusing on on in training? What do they spend time on it? in training and, and it seems that there's focus a lot on defense and then you know offensively they they want to go quick off that turnover off the penalty whatever they create you know coming back to canada canada played the game i'm not sure if it was wellington or if it was uh might have been wellington they played a game against south africa and they it seemed like the game plan was to keep it tight attack them hold on to the ball and south africa was happy with that and they're like okay we'll just make tackles all day and the tackle count was just, you know, it was crazy in favor of South Africa. But, you know, that's because Canada did not break them. And finally, when they turned it over, they, they were still in their own half. That You know, you mentioned that game. That was in Wellington. And, and um, it, was the, it was the cup semifinal. Uh, yeah, right. And it. it was actually interesting. It was a game that Damian McGrath himself brought up in, in a, a chat I had with him afterwards. You know, one of the, one of the things I've really enjoyed with adding McGrath to the Canadian setup is that he's really very happy to talk about all kinds of stuff. He's a a real advocate of the game, very, you know, sort of positive outgoing person. But, you know, I, Liam Middleton was actually a pretty good guy to deal with too, but he was always, he is a bit more, he's a more reserved person. McGrath is, you can tell the players, I mean, there's a connection with the players that he's been able to establish quite quickly because of his personality. And that was something he brought up. Mm -hmm. He was in many ways, he was actually quite proud of what his team, even though they lost and, you know, they said, listen, South Africa, that's the way they play. He was quite proud of the way his team played and that, 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 and if you actually looked at it, he forced the South Africans or the Canadians, I should say, forced the South Africans into a, a sort of a, a volume of, of tackles again, even right. beyond what they naturally were instinctually doing. And, and he felt like, listen, my team learned something there, which is that they can actually force the best defensive team um, it, it, on the series to its limit. And yeah, they needed a couple, you know, they needed a break here or two, but he said his sort of argument was like, listen, we're still young, t- you know, we still have lots of young guys and we're learning a new system. And that was a big statement about how far we've come. It was an interesting perspective because like you said, in the end, so the Africa just waited for three mistakes and that's where they got their tries from. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's interesting, you know, and I, and I don't have the answer, but it sort of uh, gets back to like a motive of what I, I want to do here. But, um, sort of attack those assumptions that, you know, hey, we possessed the ball for a long time against a good team. That shows that we're developing. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that, I mean, it probably does if that's your goal, but um, I'm not sure if that's the right way to play the game, considering how well South Africa is doing in the complete opposite uh, way. It got me thinking as well, actually, you know, you bring it up. Is that really what you want to be doing? I mean, it's great that you're holding on the ball, but you're working so hard to do that. You know, you, you kind of sit there and think back, man, how would that final have gone? You know, I mean, Canada, right. you know, Canada made a, a final um, three years ago in Glasgow. 
where they had played really well, really well, really well, but literally hit their limit and just got absolutely thrashed by New Zealand um, yeah. in the final. And I think that more than anything was just that they had been pushed at the end of their rope. And it was a depth thing as well, which, you know, I think is the, the other great significant strength of South Africa, especially on this season with so many teams uh, turning over yeah. squads and that kind of thing. I mean, this is a team that, if I'm not mistaken, in Wellington, they started Roscoe Speckman on the bench. You know, like, this, right. you just it's just amazing yeah. to consider that every one of those guys they take to any given tournament can be a starter, whereas most teams realistically are starting, they have maybe eight, maybe nine guys that they can lean on heavily, right. and then the rest of the bench is, you know, is either development or, or guys that, you know, are... are are, are you know good enough to be there but they're not good enough to be regulars right yeah and that's you know it's another just another amazing thing about south africa you know in wellington and sydney they you know they didn't have kyle brown and cecil africa and and now they're they're losing sonatla i think africa will be back but you know they didn't miss a beat at all yeah. so um yeah <laughs> Uh, just one last thing before we go. You you had an interesting observation about uh, what's going on with Fiji. That, that obviously, you know, wh- whether it's the change in coaches, you know, there's obviously always going to be change in personnel, um, what, what have you, that, that, that South Africa is not, or sorry, pardon me, Fiji, are, are having, there's some interesting numbers underneath that suggest they're, they're you know, not necessarily for trouble, but they're not, uh, not going to be able to dominate as well uh, as they had in the past. No, yeah, exactly. Their offense is still it's it's pretty much the same. I mean, uh it's really on defense that they've sort of weakened and um you know, they've they've missed more tackles than they did at the Olympics. Um they their disruption at the ruck is lower and that was really a powerful thing. I mean, they have so much flash in the offloads and you know, guys like Jerry Tuai just, you know, are just magical on offense, but really last season their disruption at the ruck and the tackle was just phenomenal and that's and that sort of slipped off and that's you know i guess the difference between being in first and mm-hmm. and being in second or third and that's the amazing thing when we when we get up to that range isn't it it's just the, it's the smallest things and the that make a difference and you can see it almost all the time in the numbers right exactly and that's you know it's exactly what they're looking at you know instead of being um you know towards the top, you know, like defensive failures, like a missed tackle sort of thing there. They have the third most. It's just, um, you know, and part of that's the way they play, you know, things are going to be loose. They're going to have, you know, if you look at like passing failures or like passing errors, they'll sort of be high on that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, defensively, if you're giving up their breaks and their, and their missed tackles, I mean, they're not, anywhere near what, what South Africa is doing. They're not even, you know, they're not near what Australia is doing or Scotland. Um, you know, those are, those are three strong defensive teams. So, and that's, you know, that's it, but still, I mean, every time you watch them, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. And, um, but you know, like we saw, I think it was in Sydney, you know, Wales, Wales beat them. And that's, you know, that's the difference between this year and last year. You know, I guess in the end that you know losses like that are going to have that loss like that would have been unthinkable a year ago. Maybe this year it's right. it's not as much as a surprise, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Uh, just the last question before we go. Uh, just how I mean, how are you collecting this data? You talk about you know d- you know distance covered and stuff like that. It's not something that's necessarily publicly available. Are you doing your own tracking? Well, tell tell us a bit about your data set. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I watch. I've so far I've watched all all the games, Impressive. all 180 games. 
Um, some people might find that just uh, mind numbing, but, uh, you know, I basically just record what happens. That was, that was my goal. Just record what happens and then we'll, we'll see what the numbers say. So, so very little, uh, judgment, um, you know, sort of just break down things as, as fine as I can get, you know, there's a contact, there's a tackle, there's a rock, there's a pass, you know, this happened at, you know, what, whatever location on the field. And then, um, so I just, you know, come up with, with a spreadsheet, you know, as I watch the game, uh, typing in these events. And then, then later I, I parse things out using Python, if, if that matters to you. <laughs> and someone will. I mean, I know what it is. It's not something I've ever actually spent the time to figure out myself. But uh, it's certainly, uh, it's the way things are, especially with, uh, with the spatial games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. And, um yeah, if you wanna wanna come by, come by Michigan, come by a library <laughs> late at night, you might find me. <laughs> how long? How long does it take you to uh, you know assemble your data? Do a do a game, for instance. So so it's that was a big goal of mine was to be able to do everything live. So it's just one run through. I just watch games live, awesome. and and so it makes the parsing of the data and and sort of you know sort of sorting things and organizing things. It makes that harder, but mm you know, computers and computer languages are pretty fancy these days. So yeah. Yeah, I'd rather rely on that than rely on, you know, more data entry. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. And of course, you're supposed to be having a good time doing this, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Loads of fun. <laughs> All right, Matt, uh, where, just, uh, where can we find you? Talk, maybe just tell your website, tell us your Twitter or anything else that uh, you'd like people to know about. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, Trenarian.com. T R E N A R I A N dot com and that's the that's the same as my Twitter handle. So um yeah, I'd love to have you know, have some feedback and some questions. There's there's a few people who sort of poke and prod um behind the scenes and it's really helpful. So um yeah, feel free to contact me. Matt at Trinarian dot com is another way. So Well, I did appreciate your uh your your, your Twitter your Twitter pro or bio if I'm not mistaken. It basically just says uh you know, I've got I've got rugby day. I want some. Isn't that? Do I have it right? Yeah, yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, I'm sort of just waiting for people to take me up on it. You know, nobody's really called my bluff or anything. So, um, yeah, let me know if you want some. I'd love to to talk about it, discuss it, share some stuff. So. I can vouch for this, folks. I did email him, and he did send me some stuff. So it was actually really great. Uh, Matt, keep it up. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure we'll check in with you again soon. Thanks. Uh, thanks for being on the Try and Tackle podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, I guess good luck to Canada. (laughs) Take care, man.